Hello and welcome to another edition of the Engage podcast. I'm Phil. I'm Simon. And I'm Jamie. And our second data episode, which is part two of talking about data. Mm. Yes, character profile. Character profile. <laughs> yeah, so in this one we're going to be talking about um, more about his personal friendships with the members of the crew. Everything we didn't discuss in the last yeah. one. Yeah. And just general <laughs> other bits of information. Generally, that's <laughs> what yeah. We had so. five minute rest to kind of recoup and return and we're back and yes. Jane went to his office yes yes and you guys talked about Gambit and um, why Time's Arrow yeah why well, it's good why well, Time's Arrow is so much better than mm. Gambit but I'm yet to watch them both so yeah and Phil said it was but I'm not going to budge on my opinion so <laughs> um, but <laughs> it shows off data better there we are in the data episode is there pretty well show? that's because it's about data yes Gambit isn't about data, so it wouldn't show him off, would it? So as far as this conversation's <laughs> concerned, Times Arrow is a better, you, better yeah, episode. Yeah. For data, yes. And overall. No. Yes. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want you to start with Geordie, because obviously it's, it's his best friend, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... They came up with a team. They were the perception team. Because they both perceive people different. With oh yeah. With his mm. Well, I was just about to say that out of everybody he could be friends with, it makes sense for Geordie because, in a sense, they both have abnormalities that not not single them out, but they they are different compared to the rest of the crew. Yeah. In in a way that they would go through similar things that because as Geordie had that from birth. Yes, he was yeah. blind from birth. Yeah. yeah, so he would have he would have perceived the world very differently to data, but very mm. both of them very differently to a normal human. They both would have well, strived and, to to have got that back. And there's another interesting parallel actually that's just come to my mind is the fact that data was strives to be human and could have become human, and it's like Geordie with his visor, he had the he had the actual opportunity to get normal vision, have eyes, but part of having his visor is what makes him who he is. Mm. You know how he sees the world, and it's almost robotic as well. If you think about it, because the visor gives him data transfer of what he can see. If that mm. makes any sense, almost like a machine would look, a bit like Terminator style, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So you know, whether they intended that friendship to be like that because of what it was, it, it either way it works really nicely. Mm. But um, it's one of the strongest friendships you see in Star Trek. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, kind of like the whole. Um, Kirk and Spock mm. so. well I think it's deeper than Kirk and Spock personally but that's another debate for another time but it's certainly a better better um, than Riker and Picard it's certainly better than Riker well I suppose there is no intimacy but Riker and uh... <laughs> Todd Phil I will definitely step into it don't I sorry I've always, mis- always mispronounced Kirk and Spock almost <laughs> never mind um, anyway uh <laughs> Just trust in Phil. But it's also how his dynamic between the other characters is completely different. So he's got a completely different relationship with everyone else. Yeah. In, a diff- in its own way, it's it's unique. And it all stems to how he is and how he perceives the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and I think also, it also says here that um, the Forge's promotion to the next year reflects his expertise with machinery but he experienced difficulties in establishing relationships with other people especially women <laughs> <laughs> these personality traits may have accounted for LaForge's ability to so easily maintain a relationship with a sentient machine such as why the hell did Geordie get dating advice from Dwarf of all people ah oh, what we would do we'd be beat each other up because <laughs> the Dwarf's are the go to guy for, to, for romantic advice I would always sit here and be insulted I do love it with data kind of asking people about uh, romance and he goes to Picard it's like <laughs> <laughs> if I have something I'll go and I'll tell you data it's like alright oh, oh, fine it's kind of <laughs> was that from in theory was it yeah, yeah. Oh, if I have any I'll let you know well, I worrying. keep trying to crack on Beverly, but I'm not having much luck. <laughs> Even it might he... be because I killed her husband. Maybe something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you know, there was also times where their where their friendship was very much tested. For example, in early 2370, during the, in, during the uh, Enterprise encounter with the individualized Borg. Um, well, what... again, we established that he wasn't in the right mind at that yeah. point. So, so you got to kind of it's things like that that you know. He, he, cut him a break a little bit kind yeah. of 
And also, I think he felt very guilty in Generations when he left Geordie to be captured by um, yes, Soren. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he felt very guilty about that as well. But you know, Geordie was always able, was able to forgive him. I mean, you know, I said one of the well, his emotion chip overloaded him, and well, the other time he was under Law's influence, so mm. you can't really, really hold him truly responsible for that. But they had they good they had sort of downtime as well. So, for example, they'd always play cards. Which I thought poker. was quite well. Poker, they play it with the well. They play that with entire scene of stuff yeah. minus Picard. But yeah. I thought that was funny how he would, he would actually take on the role. So he'd put on the the little seafood <laughs> green cap and and do it all properly mm. and almost become not data, but he almost becomes the croupier. Yeah, I really want to get a couple of those like proper those chips and the cars. I think that'd be mm. like incredible. Because I always thought they try and recreate that that famous painting of the photo of the of the dogs playing poker. Mm. That's what I kept. That, every time I see that scene, I'm like, it's the dogs playing poker. Yeah, it just is that scene. And you're from one, but then surely, I, I love surely, the fact that Data didn't um, see any bluffs or anything. He didn't. He always fell for them. A bit yeah, like when he, when when yeah. looks at him, he goes goes for. Is that known as a poker face? But what makes you laugh, though, is surely with his accounting ability, he should know exactly where the cards are. But, you see, this is the wonderful thing about Data. Even a, even a game like poker, again, it ties into Measure of a Man. You know, he, he talks to Maddox about, oh, you know, I read the rules, I studied it, but it brought little resemblance. The reality was very, very different. Mm. And it gets the idea of Data learning and growing. I think through his friendships, he did that as well. Because you know, mm. he considered Geordie a very, very good friend. You know, and it's just again, it's just that it's just the friendships that he had with all the different characters enhanced him. You know, again, it was that step again that step towards becoming more human. Mm. You know, having people that he could share interests with again, like poker, like you know Sherlock Holmes or um, yes, yeah, painting Shakespeare, Shakespeare, so comedy, poetry mm. reading, <laughs> unfortunately. But it's also um, being able to change and adapt is something that he struggles with. And we've seen that quite a lot where, again, the characters that he's with get frustrated. Well, the people he's with, he gets frustrated because he's not able to understand. Well, Data gets frustrated. Yeah. Mm. And you you also get that point of... I wouldn't say Data gets... But no, he's almost become, not a joke, or that's the wrong term, but he almost becomes that sort of, oh, it's Data. Because Picard says it a lot of the time, doesn't he? He's sort of... Data. I'm trying to think how how he pronounces it, but it's it's sort of he forgives him because it's data. Does that make any sense? Yeah. He treats yeah. him slightly differently. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, I know, yeah, I see what you're saying. So yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I think I think you know that was one of the highlights of the series was his friendship with Geordie and like um, I like the fact that um, when he is when that when everyone assumes that Geordie's is dead when Ensign Rowe in um, the next phase. Well, Data goes well actually Geordie wouldn't want us moping around he'd actually want us to celebrate what was you know he actually goes to War for Advice and again it's <laughs> War for Advice you know but it's how well, that's probably because they were, I think it says it in the notes but because they were both orphans wasn't it yeah mm. again it's it's moving on to War but, but, it's, but it's a different relationship isn't it again it's a completely yeah. different relationship but that again, was a very formal one that one mm. Data and War for we're both formal. at work yeah no what I'm trying to say is it's every part of Data's as human aspects, for example, his friends, what he's he, what he's going through. So whether he's unhappy, each friend, kind each friend of is a part of data. Yeah, does a different aspect. Yeah. so thank it's you. Like That's Jordan what I'm trying to does say. Like fun sides are the kind of um, Sherlock Holmesy ones, mm. and then you've got Whereas Wolf is more of a professional relationship. Picard, he asked him about relationships. I think I think really with Picard, it was. He I was think a, I said it was a father figure, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, like a father figure, yeah, exactly. Um, what about Beverly? I uh, when that they sort of thought oh, it's a bit funny. Had a special relationship with Data seeking advice from crush on subjects regarding from parenting, from parenting to, to dancing. dancing. That was a very weird thing. Um as the ship's chief medical officer, Dr. Crush had some knowledge of how to repair data, although it was mostly down to Geordie. Yeah. It's a really I suppose that should be an engineer, surely. Because, um, not a mechanic, not a like, medic. if you remember Data's Day, it's very much kind of we're very intrigued by each other because Beverly doesn't know a lot about me, how I function, and I don't have a clue about kind of how to repair injuries and whatnot. So it's a very interesting relationship between them because it was mm. kind of 
kind of, I don't know, looking at it from the other side of point of view, I, I, I don't know how to put it, but... Looking in the mirror? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Like yin 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 yang, yeah. know, that's what I'm trying to think. Hmm. But it's, it's weird how Crusher would have to learn about data is well, that because you know what, no, what I'm trying to you know, what I'm trying member. to say, yeah, what I'm trying to say is surely that's for the engineering. Yeah, but you also part of his health is mechanical, so you've mm. got to yeah. it, she it falls under her jurisdiction as well, but yeah. also Geordie's. Yeah. Mm. But again, it's had to change the and way the Enterprise crew works. If Geordie's not there, who the hell do you go to instead? Yeah, well, I, I love this actually. It says here in in his friendship with Beverly. In 2369, Data incorporated a subroutine for small talk and the recommendation of Captain McCarthy <laughs> studied Commander Hutchinson <laughs> while the Enterprise underwent a, a buy-on sweep at a career base. Dr. Crush was the first person that had tried to engage in small talk using his observations of Hutchinson to astonishment. <laughs> and he gets the guy talking for God knows how long. It's a very good episode, actually. And the way Data does it, I mean, it springs up that, it just makes him funny. Um, but um, <clears throat> you know, she also explains to him that again. I mean, obviously, um, he pushes Beverly off the the ship, doesn't he, in the holodeck uh, recreation, and she's not very happy. So she explains to him, you know, about you know when to use humor. It's kind of I don't know. It's kind of it's sort of kind of a learning curve for data, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason you insert in um, insult the motion ship. Mm. But that <coughs> excuse me. That also almost sort of <coughs> gives him a right of childhood to adolescence. Because as adolescents, we sometimes think things are funny when actually, really, we shouldn't be doing them mm. to adulthood. So it's almost like he's ten, fifteen years behind everyone else. Yeah. It's, it, it's making those mistakes and learning from them and I've said I think each I think each uh, member of the crew who he had a, a set of a friendship relationship with I said it's, it, you know he all learnt something from them so for example I think from um, from from Beverly it was this idea again about about parenting mm. like for example I think when um, in, in obviously in the child uh, when Diana was having the baby Data was fascinated Mm. By the process, by everything, and you know, it was you know he was probably becoming more of a pest, I would have thought, mm. than anything but else. What I quite like actually about that whole thing is the fact that it's very symbolic of sort of how Beverly is. She's it said, I think you said it, didn't you? She's sort of very, yeah. You would go to her. She's sort she's of mother, mothery. So you've yeah, got motherly, Picard, yeah. You got father thing, and then you got Beverly there. So mother, mothery, and then you got Plasky who isn't. <laughs> So it's kind of nice that you've got. Yeah, but Blasky's of... more of like that horrible kid in the playground, the bully. Well, grumpy aunt. Grumpy aunt, really. Grumpy aunt, maybe, yeah. maybe. Who's you know who softens a bit later, on, mm. you know. Um, but you know, it, it, it's just the fact that they said, in in, in what theory you could say, you know, they said Picard was like his father. Mm. The fa- you know, he's a father like he never had. A surrogate father. Surrogate father. father. Yeah. Sorry, surrogate father. Yes. Um, but moving on to Picard. That's, that's quite a nice link. Um, so should they, they, should they, we talk about Dr. Union Singh at some point? I think it'd be quite an interesting relationship to talk about as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, kind of have to be his father, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, it's but, not in the notes, though. No, it's not really. So it's but not. No. The, the Picard thing was... I, I always thought that Picard was fascinated by him in his own little way, but could never portray it. I mean, yeah, I mean... It's something Voyager visited... No, oh, what with Jane and the Doctor? Jane Seven of Nine. Oh, Jane Wayne Seven of Nine, yeah. Hmm. Something they revisited. It's that sort of. Yep, yeah, we're gonna try and make you as real as you can. It's like it's the it's the um, Pinocchio thing, isn't it? Kind of, we're gonna do the best we can to make you not look like not. And it's like the kind of, um, oh, which one? Oh, uh, unification. Where he like looks around like they said, don't look like a freaking android. Just, just. <laughs> Do it normally. Yeah. While, while we're on that subject, is something that, that popped in just literally popped into my mind. The seven of nine. Do you think she was created because she was the data of Voyager? Yeah. You always that need dynamic. that figure there. You always need that. It's one in every series. Odo. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. What Enterprise? Would it be to pole? I suppose. Yeah. K nine for Doctor Who. <laughs> 
guess. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just the fact that Data always went to Picard for advice about his quest to become more human. So, like following Tasha Yar's death in twenty three sixty four, Data was puzzled about it. He finds himself um, preoccupied by what's happened, and he goes, and Picard says, "You've got it. You understand. Mm. You've already done. You know." It's because he went to, and the fact that he had it. I think the turning point in their friendship. I think what really solidified it was Measure of a Man mm. the fact that Picard stood up for Data yes you know who was it who defended him it was Riker wasn't it no Riker defended Maddox but he had no choice yes yeah, yeah he was against Data he, again which again is a very interesting twist on things but um, you know and I think that um, yep we're not paying extra we're doing it <laughs> you're doing it <laughs> but it's, it's other times as well where um but he did work though he gave it a dynamic of oh, yeah. I don't want to help you but I've there got was, to do everything I can because yeah. if I've not seen that way then there's a lot go against of, you there's a lot of trust between I mean like for example in the episode Clues Data can't say but it was Picard because Picard gave him that order mm-hmm. Data basically keeps defying an order well I can't tell you and he goes do you want to lose your career you could be disassembled it's like, and in the end it's like well actually Captain you're the one who gave me that order not to say anything mm-hmm. um but you know also the facts that um, it's just other times as well where you know just shows you how much faith and trust that Picard had in him and as I said saw him you know um, had a look you know he came to him as a, an advisor as well so he, mm. he he would always include him in the meetings he would always take on what he said and he would always there would be that yeah. point where he would go what do you think Data mm. not because but then you often wonder whether he did that because of his abilities to quickly Calculate, or whether he genuinely thought that he no. Um, Data is very objective, so you get mm. a no, you get a non-biased view on certain things. So but, you're going to get mm. a logical view at things and mm. kind of yeah, a non-emotional view. But it shows you how far their friendships come in. Like in, I said, you mentioned earlier, so didn't you, about the quality of life, about the exocomps, mm. and how um, you know they're, they're basically machines like Data. Um, and it turns out they actually were life forms. And there's a there's a situation where Picard. Oh, there's the little nano things. Um... No, no, not them, not them. Different, similar, sort of, yeah. But because um... he was talk, that was there. So where he talks to them, but Picard... and they use they take over data to talk to. Them. Yeah, that's yeah. evolution. Yeah, that's evolution. But Picard, the same one. Picard and the Forger in danger, and these exocomp. They they exocomps. Exocomps. Um, there's a P. Uh, they are. Um, that's basically life forms and data proves it and he goes well I don't think it's right for them to ask them to put themselves in danger even to save Picard and the Forge's life he goes they, we should allow them that choice so mm. essentially data's said because he believed in these beings because he felt an affinity for them and the fact that he was gonna, willing to possibly sacrifice Picard and the Forge for that Picard goes well actually that's the most human decision that you've ever made mm. the fact that you have an advocate on their behalf and again it's kind of again it's a lovely sort of a mirroring image of Picard standing up for data well, it almost links into what we were talking about before the episode which was the <coughs> the ro- laws of robotics the fact that he's out he, he did things against those laws mm. makes him more human and just to explain those laws just so people have got them there's three laws of robotics a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to become into harm. That's law one. Law two, a robot must obey orders given to a human being except where such orders could conflict with law, with the first law. For example, we couldn't tell the human couldn't ask him to kill him, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, and then the law for the third law, a robot must protect its own ex- uh, existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first and second mm. so therefore a robot is allowed to kill himself if it saves the human mm. but I think I said I think I see the so he goes against that within that episode exactly so that makes yeah. him more human than mm. he ever will and like, the fact like, that he, like Picard and the, said and the fact that he sacrificed himself to save Picard and the crew but then that but that makes him but that that's the third law of robotics isn't it mm-hmm. exactly but it's a nice circle if you think about it hmm. because although he is trying to be human he is always going to be a robot so hmm. the fact that he killed himself is the third law of robotics hmm. I just think that's a nice oh yeah it's a nice it, circle yeah. hmm. to the fact that he isn't human but he is hmm. exactly sense, yeah. yeah oh yeah it does feel yeah so is there anything else you want to say about his friendship with Picard or no 
pretty much there. Okay. Um, He's, so we've done Pulaski, haven't we? Yeah, we've kind of covered Pulaski. We've done Geordie. We've done Geordie. What a, uh, I don't Beverly. really know much of a relationship between him and Diana. Um, it's not really because they didn't really, really interact that much. Did he go to her for any specific reason? Um, because she couldn't obviously read life. him. She's the only person he, on the ship he she couldn't read. So surely I would have thought they'd have more of a relationship. Um, I mean, the only example I can think of where he. He didn't really go to see her much. I mean, the only one example I can think of is in Phantasms, oddly enough, when he's having his uh, dark, his dark imagery, and he goes to Diana about it. He actually asks for advice on it because you know that's it's about dreams and trying to read and interpret what the images are saying and what mm. they mean. Um, I don't know, really. I don't. I don't really think they did have. Cause I mean, he didn't really have much with Riker either. It's interesting well, how he didn't really have much of a relationship. Well, I think as as, um, as Sarah said in our season one review, it's kind of like he was like meant to be the wingman, but it just kind of just didn't happen, did it? Mm. Thought in that episode, you thought oh, it's going to be Riker, but he said it was Jordy. So, like, oh, sorry, Commander, you're out. So, mm. <laughs> um, no, I'm not really sure. I mean, there's not there was I'm mean, surprised there's actually no information about it, simple from what we've got. It was I don't really think there was much of a of a. Uh, we're, we're, we're all missing the elephant in the room, which is Tasha. No, Tasha's mentioned in here. Not, not no, as what I'm trying to say is that's probably the. Although he had a long friendship with that and he had a father figure with Picard, his friendship, or a bit more than that, with Tasha was all the way through, wasn't it? They always had a bond. Yeah. Um, I could read um, Janice Roy's psychological profile for data. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, that's in there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Although Janice did not pick up. Um, pick up steam until his enterprise posting after 26 years of existence Data quite simply wished to be more human and experience as much as that conditions depths and shadows as his adaptive program can approximate the experiments in, in, in everything from art acting and poetry to keeping a pet cat spot and imitating humanisms ranging from laughter sneezing whistling to dance facial hair grooming and bedtime routines even with that goal, Data turned down a chance to be human offered by Q in 2364, quoting Shakespeare's to die known self be true, benching close to his goal, discovering an emotion chip created by his builder, Dr. Nunez, so though he delayed using it for over a year, the chip was finally installed in 2371, causing an air overload until it began. Learning and complexities of the new world just opened. Human was a com- complex com- concept largely eluded him until that point though relationships both positive and negative were fostered by what they described as familiarity of repetition Um, Mm. do you want to read the full update one Jamie? yeah I can do yeah Um, Data continues to familiarise himself with the flood of potential the chip opened up but always until strict supervision to avoid further overloads Today, two years after installation, he tends to keep it running during normal operations but maintains internal control over the timing should it prove trouble or distracting. The chip proved an Achilles heel during Data's capture by the Borg Queen when she literally tempted him with sensations of flesh and blood he had never experienced despite his growing worldliness. Even so, the emotional data overload was not enough to overrule his ethics programme. How much of this do you want me to? Just read it all. Okay. Um, Laughter uh, Data was the fifth and next to last model created by Sung and his wife then Julia on the Amicron Fighter Science Colony, activated on the 2nd of February 2nd, 2338, when found by members of the USS Tripoli away team after the crystalline entity had drained the life force from the 411 member colony. Not until 2370 did he realise he had a childhood-like development mem- developmental memory from an existence before that date, watched by Sung and replaced by the colonists' memories and logs as they faced their doom by the entity. In later years, Data discovered his married mother and just as quickly realised Sung had made her an android, transferring her consciousness shortly before she died. The revelation which he opted to not, reveal, not to reveal to her was one of date, two Data experienced in programmes left by Sung, the other being a dreaming routine, uh, routine accidentally accessed in 2369. Dr. Ira Graves, Sung's mentor and a legend in his own right, asked the android to call in grandfather during the time before Graves 
short-lived hijacking of Data's body for his own consciousness in 2365. Okay, we'll read a bit more later, maybe. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy, I forgot it was but, that um, yeah. that, link, that links in nicely so, to, to talk right? about Dr. Sung, then, doesn't it? Yeah, because obviously, you know... There's bits there that I didn't know about, which I'll probably learn later on. But. Yeah, I mean, you know... You know, to to sort of examine you know, Sung himself and why he created that, you kind of got to go away, suppose, suppose really back to Enterprise. You know, back the short short and long story is that Sung had um, was part of the eugenics wars, and he um, he created. Wasn't um, he? So you find out more about Sung. Yeah, Sung's grand. I think it was his Sung's grandfather. Or father. I can always get mixed up. Well, father. Hold, hold up a little bit. You find out more about <laughs> Sung in Enterprise. Yes, Phil. Right, fine. In yeah, in Archer's time, and. You know, they but have he's fiddling around with augments. Yeah, augments. So genetically enhanced humans. It doesn't. Long story short, it doesn't work out. So because he wants to well, better. Well, yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> he goes. He wants to better humanity. He goes. Well, this didn't work doesn't, out. Doesn't great Skynet, does he? No. He goes. This doesn't work out. So I don't know. How about we create an artificial life form? Mm. And that's where data. Obviously, the question of data started. So for for soon for the for the sooner generation. You know the family. It was always about the betterment of hum- hu- humans. Well, how about we create an android who can actually wants to be human, emulate human? I has suppose, yeah. By all... by doing that, we can further understand yeah, being we, human. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 having those characteristics that you know the fact that he has an ethical program, the fact that he will save lives and things like that as well. So that's kind of I think where where Soon was kind of coming from, mm. um, and. <clears throat> You know, obviously, you know. I mean, that's the thing. That's the, that's the weird thing about it. You don't really get much of a glimpse into because obviously, Sung's not said. You have a really interesting insights every now and then. Yeah. The only real chance you get to meet him is brothers. Yeah. And then that's even cut short. That's even cut short. So you know, you. There's lots of little paper trails that he leaves. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, you obviously, you know, Sung obviously loved data. He loved him like his own son. Because actually, I think before we pass away, he actually asked, "Call me father," isn't it? He? he says to him, "He says, call me father." Well, that's the odd thing about all cybernetics, isn't it? They all want to be called father and mother and grandfather and this and that. Well, yeah, they, that's yeah, true. They, yeah, but they did because you, you think back to Enterprise. That's what they called. Um, that's what they called Eric Soon. They? they called him father, didn't they? The augment said father. Well, I mean, like even Ira Graves, as you yeah. said, and that was even mm. I'm grandfather and mm. stuff mm. like that. So it's kind of as so there's they're very open-minded because it's kind of it I don't care if you're artificial or not you're my son I don't exactly yeah but it's that whole I've created something it's it's something that I have produced it's the same feeling isn't it it's because if you if you're dealing with something all the time and you're 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 seeing them grow and you're seeing them learn you almost do adopt that 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 father Figure, exactly, that, that, that it's eternal figure. It's kind of like um, in Voyager when the Doctor looks up to Zimmerman. You know, he actually thinks of him. Oh, you're my creator. You know, I look up to you. You, you know, you inspire me. You're well, it's, like... the, it's the Pinocchio effect, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's got no strings. <laughs> but I suppose, really, as well for Sung, it was also a fact that having his legacy live on through data, the fact that it's like he created, um, you know, that would last well, essentially did, for did... all time. Out of interest, did Sung actually have any children? Well, as in human children? Mm. Don't believe so. Don't believe so. That's probably why then. That's probably why he had more of an affinity well, to, towards his robots. He couldn't. He couldn't have. Well, he couldn't androids. have androids. He couldn't have. Difference. He couldn't have. He couldn't have. Just he couldn't have children. That's actually a really good point. Fine. Well, no, I, don't, I don't know where he couldn't no, have no, children. He, what I'm saying because he didn't, he put all the love that he mm. would have done into having. Well, it's a question of did he, couldn't he have children or not? Maybe that's the reason why he mm. created data, created androids. Well, maybe we're reading too much into it. Maybe, maybe we are. There's no proof. Simon, you like your conspiracy theories. This, maybe, maybe. If you had it your way, we wouldn't have gone on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe there's no evidence for it, but it's certainly plausible. It's certainly interesting. What, it's, it's certainly interesting. It's really, mm. really interesting point, Phil. Never thought of it. Thought it might not be true, but it's an interesting thought nonetheless. So, the I'm trying to think. Data's mother, then, because you, you you mentioned her earlier. I've got no idea of Data's mother. She turns up in season seven. Um, but the wife of Doctor Sung. Yeah. 
essentially but she was actually she did exist at one point as a human um but she passed and then he he built he built an android that was her and i think trans transferred yeah the her memories yeah that. so how did he keep her memories when she died e.g. Ira Graves that yeah. episode right. that okay. sort of but, magic. Okay. but the, the twist was that she didn't know she was an android it was only because well that's another plot we that's another yeah <laughs> we, we said it earlier in part one anyway we read it out so by the time we get around to season then Phil will probably forget anyway I don't yeah. mean that as a criticism Phil <laughs> I should either that or stop start the episode going like this this vaguely seems very familiar oh, I, don't I wonder know. whether she's not actually young. oh well there we go <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, anyway yeah so so does Data remember his mother or is no, that wiped from his things remember it's his early life's wiped his early life is wiped yeah but does that so come he, back no no because it, he his only finds first activation out. is when he's been when he's been woke up by or reactivated I should say by the crew of the triplet Mm. Yeah. that's where his he says his memory begins yeah mm. so anything before that he wouldn't remember and he only found out about his mother well through her so and through Sim as well um, see I mean it's, it's not really much you can say about his relationship with his mother really his father because you don't you get glimpses but you never you really, never see it fully do you no but you know, in a way it's kind of a good and bad thing I suppose because you, you always want to know more but there's always in that, well actually you know Again, it's like kind of left up to your imagination what you think, and maybe that's the best way around it because people are having their own imagination rather than actually knowing. But you know, a good thing. The, the way I see it is, Noonan he loved his he loved Data he loved his son. It was his creation. He loved him. I mean, you know, not to mention the fact that he created a mo- it was because the emotion chip was meant to be for him originally, but then well, Law stole it. Um, so you know, and I think it was just he wanted that legacy to kind of last. So that's how I've kind of. That's what I've sort of gleaned from. It's not much, but it's something. At least it wasn't another car riker. <laughs> What's that? At least it wasn't another car riker. <laughs> oh. You've seen that so Phil. It's got open weird. <laughs> there you go. The Chris Factor. Oh. God, I forgot about that episode until you reminded me. <laughs> no, I'm drawing a blank. Could have been one of those again. That episode is that bad can't remember it no great but doesn't want to doesn't want to yeah. I pushed it out of the memory it came out of the brain and either out, way out, Phil down past the years either way Phil I agree with you on both I sympathise with you on both so don't worry about it <laughs> anyway um, so is there any other friendships relationships law. with law yeah we haven't done law or beef or be beef or again he's not here nor there so no. you can't yeah Um. well they never really got he was on. a lost puppy yeah. Well, Law was a lost cause. They they never got on. So, but it was good that he didn't see his brother's side. That he instantly didn't agree well, with him. It's the good twin, bad twin. Yeah. It's that whole. It's that sort of. Yeah. And yet the only one who realised Thor's odd behaviour was Wesley, typically. <laughs> oh, saviour Wesley Crusher. The boy wonder. <laughs> It'll, get, it'll, it'll have the turning point where I actually enjoy his character but I just but yeah. Wesley yeah he annoys me at the moment <laughs> no. it'll be like you you'll, you'll change it oh no we're about to die hi I'm Wesley I've solved just it. wait until you see first duty mm. that would change your opinion and final mission I'm pretty certain will as well that's a good one mm. season four anyway um, yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah so Law is essentially the evil twin hmm Said so him and Data never gone at all. It's never going to happen, I think. But although, um, but is it essentially law with all the like, the, like the wrong wrong mixture? Yeah, and the, then the, the by the time had, he got to Data, but he got it in the right mixture or closest mm-hmm. to the right because he had everything in wrong proportions. Mm-hmm. Possibly, perhaps why he was evil. Mm, yeah, and the fact he was left alone probably made him evil. He didn't have the again. It's nurture and nature, isn't it? It's yeah. I mean, obviously, law, law was obviously left there for a long, long time. Dan and I'll come later. Whereas data, you know, he'd been he'd he had he'd that, yet to, he had that earlier influence being around humans and understanding them. Whereas law 
didn't really. And I think also the fact that the colonists didn't like, didn't react well to law anyway. And I think uh, that instilled a, probably a, a, a hatred in law for them. Mm. So maybe that's partly what turned him the way he was. Again, it goes back to nurture and nature. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Data only saw humans as fascination, law saw them as the enemy. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So, um, I don't really know. We've done more, haven't we? I think, I think the only other one is uh, Jenna Desora. I think that's the only one really left. No, we haven't spoken about his relationship with um, Wesley. Did he really have much of a relationship with Wesley? Well, it was them as a trio, really. Mm. He, um, Wesley looks up to him and Geordie for mm. some reason. What <laughs> 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 oh, do I say? For some it's reason. True, so what? It should have been Picard and Riker. Right, Wesley should have looked up to instead then, instead of Dad's and Geordie. Well, <laughs> Wesley had more luck with women than Geordie. That's true. So why the hell did he go to Geordie? <laughs> well, to be fair, in the Dolphin, he actually went to, I think, was it, he went to... Um, Diana, didn't he? Diana, no. Everyone. He went to everyone. For that, no advice. Bleeding Wolf. There wasn't much help. <laughs> he went to Riker when he was. He, he gave that woman chocolate mousse. Yeah, that's the same episode. Same episode, bro. And she turned out to be this weird, strange beast thing. <laughs> Like hey baby <laughs> all that episode overall was very forgettable so scary <laughs> mm. but um I don't know I said Data Wesley Wesley always looked up to Data and I always I think Wesley always found Data sort of child likeness you know quite you know, you know relatable relatable yeah because mm. he probably because they were both learning at the same time exactly you know it's, again it's, it's, guess what I mean with Data every character no matter you know their age or or gender or whatever or species or whatever it is you know data related to them in some way mm. and I think that's what partly made you know his, his friendships because you know, they're very diverse and what made them endure well it's go, it goes back to a point that I was making and then Simon finished off that that, that data is actually I've come to a little bit of a on top of that even more Data is every part of what makes Enterprise excellent and brilliant because he's got a bit of every single character within him. Yeah, and obviously if you look at... Um, yeah, exactly. Because I think that's a lovely homage to the actual series that mm. one of the most beloved characters is only beloved because he is has learned and he is a part exactly. of every single one of the other characters exactly. Data, you know, is a part of him exactly you know, Data has a, has a you know a unique friendship with Picard has a unique friendship with Wesley you know Wesley's still growing up and maybe in some way you know Wesley looks at Data the way that Data looks at Picard like a, like a father mm. figure mm. although I say for Wesley more it's probably more Picard's probably more the father yeah. figure to Wesley yeah and it's a bit more like why are you trying to bang my mum <laughs> <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> but no, I think that's a nice little thing to think about, though, really, isn't it? Because what Picard banging? No, <laughs> you walked right into that one. <laughs> no, what I'm trying to say I about, about data, because yeah. without data, the en- enterprise wouldn't be all those contractions for a. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the fact he yeah. was fully functional for a. Yes, yeah, in multiple techniques. Yes. <laughs> with the Borg Queen um, and Tasha yeah. <laughs> it makes you wonder whether yeah. no no I'm not going to go down no okay. okay um he also had a he also had a relationship with Jenna DeSora in In Theory who's Jenna DeSora a lieutenant some random woman we never met and we'll never we'll meet again, again. I'll quickly read that it's only a few lines in late 2367 Lieutenant Jenna DeSora found herself in love with Data after she expressed her affection for him by kissing him on the lips, Data asked for his friends for advice on what to do and decided to pursue the relationship. Since he oh, had... well, this is the one that was only there for a month. Yeah. Since he had no real emotions or feelings, Data created a special program in his neural net to guide him through the intricacies of love. However, as his relationship with Jenna progressed, Data discovered that in romance, the logical course is not always the most appropriate. Pro... Uh, i.e. don't be a Vulcan appropriate I can't even pronounce it appropriate thank you sorry later that year they decided to end their relationship 
Desaur explained that her previous boyfriend had been unemotional and felt that her choice of Data and Android completely incapable of emotion indicated a pattern. Without a second thought, Data seeing the validity of her point agreed to discontinue his program and their relationship ended. So, well, it happened. It happened. But it's interesting how he, he, he referred his, his relationship as a program. It was almost like it was a test run. No, he created a program. That's what I mean. It was a test run. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Did but, it, the interesting thing is, he didn't actually have such a thing with Troy. Uh, with the, No, wrong one. <laughs> Natasha. That would have been interesting. Yes. <laughs> Deanna and Riker, Deanna and Deanna and Natus is working their way through the crew, isn't she? <laughs> That with a wedding would have been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it was on Bajor. Right, moving on. Oh, Bajor, <laughs> what? Not Bajor, um... Beta Z. Beta Z. Oh, oh. <laughs> you were impressed by that bit of knowledge, though. I mean, knew that, though, didn't you? Let's, well, let's spend the whole episode misspeaking and getting things... <laughs> getting back well, wrong. it would have been more impressive if you got Beta Z right the first time, but you got it right. <laughs> yeah. It began with B. Banana true. Banana true. Up there, Blair, Bellatorius. <laughs> I got it wrong, you got it right, well done, Phil. No, no. We've switched now. Um, yeah, so I don't really think there's anyone else to really mention. Do you want to do the random stuff, don't you? Well, we've also got. Do, you wanna, do we really want to talk about alternate realities and timelines, or we're we not fussed about that? You can, Times Square but was there a good alternate bit... reality in Time Sky, wasn't it? No, we'll skip it. It's time travel is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Time's Arrow is good though. Yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a decent episode. Just don't think it's brilliant. Anyway, so um, <coughs> so there's other bits. Oh yeah, go on then. Information go about on then. Talk then. Well, you talk about the the Gene Roddenberry style fight. Oh um, yeah, the character of Data was inspired by two previous sources. Um, First was a movie created for TV by Gene Roddenberry and Gene Coon during the 1970s entitled The Quester Tapes, which um, you brought up earlier, didn't you, Si, before we, start, before we recorded both these episodes. And um, what did Brett Spiner base the character on? Bad Robot, Red Robot? Um, he based the character on something, one sec, when he was looking at... Um, I'm not too sure. I'm just going to continue reading where I left off. Yep. Um, I'm leaving this to you guys for having fun. It featured Robert Fisty, the Quester tapes featured Robert Foxworth as a title character and was intended as a pilot for a series which would have detailed the adventures of an android with a childlike personality. The second source was the aborted series Phase 2, um, as Data's desire to understand, their, understand humans and their emotions corresponded to that of the Vulcan character. I don't know how to bloody pronounce that. Exxon. Exxon, there you go, Exxon. How it sounds. Um, How it looks. So that's sort of where the basis of the character actually came from. So Data was sort of like the Spock character who could be logical and see things in a different way. The difference is obviously that one wants to be human and not Spock who did not want to be human. So it's kind yeah. of... Which like, is, is interesting because there's a little quote here from Gene Roddenberry that says um, a, ca- a, a new character like, like this would give a... a, a give us any number of dynamics or, or humorous uh, avenues hmm. and it's also the fact that obviously um, I like the fact that this observation that Rick Berman makes about Data he's like he was there to a lot of the characters in The Wizard of Oz he yes, wanted to be yeah. like, like Pinocchio as you said si, but he also wanted I'm to... a real boy yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that in the writer's director's guide in 1987 that there was going to be a backstory for Data mm. uh, but they didn't use um, manufactured by highly advanced but never seen aliens who placed him into all the, all the memories of a doomed Earth Asian space colonies preserved their existence his personality would thus have been influenced by the colonists um, so most of it was retained through the colonists of Omicron Theta there's <coughs> something interesting as well that um, that they had no idea of what the appearance of data was going to look like and Brent Spiner went through 36 makeup, makeup tests. tests. Yeah. Which uh, was. Uh, yeah, I love this. He painted him to an enormous variety of colours. Bubblegum pink and battleship yeah. grey. I would love to have seen that. I wonder if there's actually pictures of there that. Are. Oh. There are pictures, you daft twit. 
Oh my god. I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> you go. idiot. They were on there originally. Well, I deleted them. But yeah, but the it goes back to what Jamie doesn't do the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Take up too much space. I had 34 flipping pages worth of words here of notes. You can do it under 14. I know, but I can't. That's too <laughs> small for me to read. I'm putting my writing a bit bigger. Ah, oh, poor granddad. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Here we are. <laughs> um, in his portrait of data, Brent Spiner drew his inspiration from two different sources. The first was taken. That sounds you hear is me and Simon here talking about pieces of paper. From Riker's reference to data as Pinocchio. And now Simon's trying to steal my pieces of paper. Don't stop, stop second... trying to steal my notes. You do know you're interrupting Phil. Sorry, Phil. Uh, and I can't do it because the picture is over content where it's supposed to be printed. <laughs> that moves that point then, doesn't Phil, it? What were you trying to read? Sorry, Phil. Uh, the, um, the, where, where Brett Spiner got his inspiration from. I got that the um, the second was from a character in Blade Runner, as in a, uh, uh, as according to Spiner, I like... You can read mine. It's readable. Where is it? The high, the high... It's at the top. It, trust me, you can read it through the bloody advert. It's there, Phil. Oh, right at the top. Uh, it is readable. <laughs> just about, I'm just squinting your eyes. Oh, here we are. Yes, the second. Yeah. No, that's, that's fine. Yeah, the yeah. second was a, 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 a Blade Runner character. Um, blah, blah, blah 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 blah. I think to myself is showing the additional. I think no, that's not what I wanted to say. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's something. It's something to do with bad robot or red robot. Okay. <laughs> Boy, that, 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 Thank that, you, Phil, for that. <laughs> Lovely little bit. Should we carry on with the fight, shall we? That was one of our most pointless <laughs> tangents we've ever gone. Hey, why are you keep hitting me? Well, no, Dave's supposed to pass on, look. You do know I'm actually trying to find this red robot or blue robot or uh, whatever the hell it is. Red robot! Sounds like the uh, thing at the end of most TV series. <laughs> but Rent's Blind Circus is inspiration from two sources. Um, no, no show in in Carteret PowerPoint and Roy Beatty in Blade Runner no there's something else there's something to do with a robot I know but you couldn't find it I'm trying yep. to find it now if Jamie is but that's going to take like forever that'll take forever so one of you two will probably find it before me anyway moving on with the fun facts <laughs> yeah is there anything more we want to say about Lieutenant Commander Data he became the captain of the Enterprise E and oh yeah and then the short story one million year mission set a million years in the future data song is a crew member aboard the Uber Enterprise a ship populated by holographic replicas of famous ship Starfleet officers he has modified himself to be able to experience every nuance of human emotions as well as many alien ones apparently yeah but I, I say I quite like um, data in Countdown Hmm. I thought that was quite clever and quite cool. The amount of cameos in that that um, graphic novel is incredible. Have you read it yet, Phil Candan? Have you? Mm, I'm halfway Have through you, it. Jamie? No, I need to find it in my room somewhere. <laughs> Buried underneath. Did you guys get the free magazine, by the way? It's an excerpt. Yeah, Phil. Yeah. You, you've already got countdown. I know. But I'm just saying. Did you get it as well? No. No. It's a extract. It's not the whole thing. <laughs> Well, okay. I can't find this bit about Brett Spiner, so I'm giving up with it. Okay. Well, I think we've, I think we've kind of. Um, is there anything else we want to mention or talk about? Or do I don't you... know if I've got much more data on data. <laughs> Boom. Data's better in Time Zero than he is in Gambit. Yeah, that sounds about about right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, he would be, so either because the episode is focused <laughs> on him as a character in Gambit, he's not the focus. No. No. Poor although he, although him and Wolf's um, him and Wolf's friendship is tested in that though, isn't it? Because Wolf. Have keeps... we mentioned about all the booty that you got? <laughs> Come on, Phil. Go on, then, Phil. You started it, so you. Well, can... I, only, I only know two of them. <laughs> what? Well, Tasha and the girl that he got with the for for a month. Then you mentioned a load more. No, I didn't. Now you two mentioned all his girlfriends. Was that just me? Okay. That's you, in your own <laughs> imagination. I was just trying to feel one. I'm still trying to find this blooming. <laughs> and the award for most seedy person in this two-parter is Phil. 
Congratulations, Where Phil. did you see this red robot thing? Richard? There is something about where Brett Spiner decided what he was going to base the character on. <laughs> if you guys have at all a clue what we're talking about, and you probably don't, and I can't say I blame you, then please let us know. <laughs> I don't know where this is. I think maybe then we should call it quits then, I think. You know what happened, don't you? We finished the episode. Oh, oh, Bennett, 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 Bennett. Oh, my God. Go on, then. Go on, then. Right. <laughs> Spiner felt... Red Spiner felt that the data... <laughs> Characterisation, tragic... Right. To get into the role as data... Well, that was anticlimactic, wasn't yeah. it? No, to get into the role as data, Spiner used the character from Robbie the Robot from the film Forbidden Planet as a role model. <laughs> Never is that, heard of. Is that it? Yes, ne- that was it. Never heard of the character or the movie. Ha- that was very anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> we found it. That's from this and this. What the heck? Well, at least you are. At least, at least you have um, least got more data it. about data. I've got enough data about data. I don't need any more data well, about at data. Least, thank at least you. I've made your world just that a little bit more happier. And in. Uh, April of 2008 data was introduced into the Carnegie Mellon University of University's Robot Hall of Fame although what I find ironic attending ceremony on the Andrew's behalf of Spock actor Carnegie Mellon Illuminus Illumini Illuminati Zachary Quinto Mm. So I just don't work out. Just kind of hey, hey, this completely unrelated. <laughs> Captain the award. Okay, right. <laughs> so what? Fine. Whatever. Fair enough. Talk about randomness. I think yeah. we're, I think we're all dated out. Don't yeah. Mm. Now yeah. that we know that. <laughs> be- better stop planet. now before Robbie we have, the robot. <laughs> be- be- better stop now before we have an o- overload of our. I don't get how it adds up. Brains. You got it from red robot or blue robot. He's not red or blue. It's just Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> we know what that is. Theologic. Actually, I think I know where that comes from. Because <laughs> oh, it was RR, so I was just thinking red. Robbie. Rely on Robin, that was a red. And my brain is sufficiently fried. <laughs> now, I know how data feels when he, his, his uh, positronic neural net is overloaded. <laughs> Anyway, I think that ends part yes. part two. Part two, two parts, one very long episode. Um, which is two parts. If you are still here, as yeah. always, I've been Phil. I've been Tommy. I've been Tommy. And we'll be back soon with another episode, guys. Bye. See you in Bye. the future. Bye. <laughs>